George Bernard Shaw might have once said that America and Britain are two countries divided by a common language. On this podcast, we aim to explore the commonalities and differences in American and British culture, vernacular, voices, accents, and more. Welcome to Transatlanticism. Transatlanticism. Uh, we took a little bit of a hiatus. Sorry about that. Um, but, you know. We're back now. Life happens. Life happens. We're back now, um, and we're glad to be back with a, a very exciting topic to me. Um, I think you get excited about it, too. Um, but we're going to talk about m- something I really love to talk about and find really fascinating, and both of us have done a lot of studying of, um, and we're going to talk about accents. Um, and the sort of differences between um, some of the American accents and some of the British accents, and just sort of accents in general, really. Um, Mm. Right? Yes. Yeah. So we're going to start with RP, um, which is you probably, if you know anything about accents, you might have heard that term before. If you don't, then that might be a little bit foreign to you. And if I tell you what it stands for, received pronunciation, that probably doesn't help you understand it any more than you would before. Um, it's a the really interesting term for what is sort of your bread and butter English accent. Bread or... and butter English accent. <laughs> no, that's not a good description of it. But it's, well, first of all, it's the way Chris talks. It's the it's the classical interpretation of how British people talk. Okay. So it's sort of it's sort of the stereotype way that British that that, that is the British accent in general, how mm-hmm. the world views the British accent. Right. And so I'll give you a little bit of history, um, because it's kind of interesting. So the term was coined in 1869, so people maybe were talking like this before that, but they didn't have a name for it. It was kind of the way people in the Southeast Midlands and the Southeast London, Oxford, Cambridge were speaking. Um, but the linguist A.J. Ellis in 1869 coined the term RP, and he chose received pronunciation, meaning like received wisdom, like generally accepted, because it was considered like the generally accepted accent, you might say. And then, um, but there wasn't any, he didn't write down sort of any rules about what RP sounded like. So it wasn't until 1924 when a phonetician, phonetician, no, I can't be a phonetician. Oh, it's phonetics, isn't it? A phonetic specialist, so a phonetician, I don't know. Phonetician, is that how you say it? I don't know how you say the word. Write in and please tell us, how do you say (laughs) I'm certain my mother will tell us how to pronounce that word. Um, A man named Daniel Jones, who wrote the second edition of the English Pronouncing Dictionary, he sort of laid out the rules the the actual pronunciation rules of the accent. And in fact, what it was called then, what he sort of called it, um, even though we already had the term RP, is he referred to it as public school pronunciation because it had become very popular amongst the public schools, meaning the private schools, meaning Eton, Mm -hmm. Harrow, Harrow. 
Oxford, Cambridge. What are other fancy uh, private schools like that? Um, Public schools. I'm not sure. I don't know. But those are the four that I know, and those are the four that, you know, most people might recognize the names of. And it, it because those the students who went to that school were children of the aristocracy, this accent sort of became... It was classed then and became sort of the middle and upper class accent that people wanted to sound like. And then Lord Rife, um, who ran the BBC, decided to call it the BBC English. So he decided, I think in 1929, to make that accent the accent of the BBC. So if you were going to be on the BBC, you had to be able, you to, had talk to, like be able to talk like that. Hmm. And it's only kind of really recently that the BBC has had regional accents. No, no, I think no, no. I'd say the BBC's been doing that since at least the 60s. Okay. Has to have been from, you know, um, God, what's that play? Um, Look Back in Anger. Mm, okay. You know, from that, from that era, you know, that, that then they started on the radio getting more regional accents coming in, you know, hearing more regional accents on television, mm-hmm. things like, uh, oh, oh, there's a... There's a there's a very famous black and white film which is set in Manchester or Leeds or Liverpool or something and I can't remember why. It's got a young girl in it and it's very famous and I, I'm so sorry that I can't remember who was in it or what it was about. <laughs> but it's like working class Liverpool. Um And so it was a big deal. Yeah. That 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 yeah. yeah. And Honey, something to do with honey, I think was in the title. Um We'll find out and we'll give you a correction in another episode um, or somebody will remember and write us in. But so you have it being called the public school accent or the public school pronunciation. You have it called RP. Lord Wright called it the BBC English. It's also kind of referred to in some ways as the Queen's English. But the Queen herself speaks a very particular kind of RP. Mm, Um, She speaks heightened RP. Right. And heightened RP is... (laughs) Um, it's wonderful, I think. I think it's really fun to speak, um, and it's fun to study. Brief Encounter is a great movie to watch to kind of get a sense of what is the heightened RP accent. And we're going to talk, we'll give you some examples um, in a moment, but really nowadays RP is divided into kind of, I think you can sort of, sort of put it into three categories. Generally, people think you can put it into three categories, which is conservative RP, neutral RP, and contemporary RP. So conservative would be people who are sort of hearkening back to the heightened RP sounds, maybe sort of trying to emulate in some way the queen. Then you have neutral RP, which is just probably people in their 40s and 50s who have this kind of more classed accent and then you have someone like Chris who speaks contemporary RP mm. which is that he has all you have all of the RP sounds I have all of the sounds but I just I'm I'm more relaxed they're very relaxed how, yes in how I speak and how I address them sometimes contemporary RP is called relaxed RP so oh, it is mm-hmm. oh cool so that's the perfect word to use to um, kind of describe the differences so in a movie like Brief Encounter um, or someone like The Queen, um, you get these uh, really sort of ridiculous... The one that I always was quoting from Brief Encounter is the way she says, I love you. And she has this you that is so silly. No one would ever make the sound, the word you. How would you say, I love you? Well, if you do it, because RP stems. If you wish to learn RP, then go to the phonetic alphabet in English 
and go through it all and heightened RP you need to just strictly adhere to those rules I think the the one you just heard from Brief Encounter I think that was just her accent in general mm-hmm. um, but they were doing a lot of those heightened RP would be yeah ooh yeah so it would be you 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 yeah but whereas I'm like you you like and, a tree right instead of you yeah like, like a, oh oh yeah right and then if you listen to any recording of the Queen, you can listen to her, you know, she speaks every single year. You can find plenty of recordings of her. It's actually really interesting to listen to recordings of her sort of over time and see how her accent has Softened. in some ways changed. But she still sort of has retained some hmm. of these really conservative RP sounds, um, especially on like the round vowel, like around. She says like around really strangely. Whereas if you listen to... Um Prince Harry and Prince William. Very contemporary. They're very RP. contemporary RP, which is quite relaxed. But especially they still, Harry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so you've got those sort of kinds of RP, and really, the interesting thing to me, the most interesting thing to me about RP is that it is intrinsically tied to the class system here, which is that people made themselves and learned to speak that way because they wanted to sound more upper class. So that then they could improve their prospects and, right. you know, get a better way of life. Right. And still sort of to this day, we have a we have a, a friend, someone who was a tutor at our school, who still helps offer services to tutor people who have strong regional accents to kind of get rid of their regional accent and sound more RP. Is that Simon? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. So it's a, you know, he's engaging in trying to help people who want to, like you said, better their business prospects mm. by sounding more high class. Mm. And I do think we have some ties to this in America, which we're going to talk about in a second. But it's just very interesting to me. I think, you know, so much, we talked about this in previous episodes, so there's so much in British culture that is still tied to the class system. Yes. Even in 2019. Even in 2019. It's like... We're still dealing with. We haven't. Well, we've never really dealt with the remnants of the class system. Right. It's still around, and and in some ways, you still have that upstairs downstairs thing going on. Yep. You know. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And that's sadly, just, sadly, but it's also very interesting, and you can seeing this the ways that it trickles down still into contemporary society. To me, is is fascinating. I know it's not always positive, but it's really interesting to think about um, how s- these little things, simply the way someone speaks, can be is still so tied to you know, how mm. much money they make or whatever. Mm. So that's our kind of overview of RP, which is, of course, not the only British accent, obviously. There are so many. We'll come on to more in a, in a, say, in a little bit. And really, I want to say one of the most fascinating things to me about England, and a lot of people say this, and I think it's a difference from the U.S., is that in this tiny island, you can go like five minutes down the road from one village to another, and people speak totally differently. Whereas in general, there are sort of broad swaths, huge swaths of America where people kind of sound the same. And obviously there are regional differences and small sort of bits of slang and things. But I don't I don't feel like it's as varied in the States as it is here. And I, I don't know why that is, but I just think it's really interesting. I think I think the States have the same variety of accents that we have here. Because you have all sorts of things like Midwestern and Minnesotan. Yeah, but those are huge. This, I'm talking about the size of, like... Oh, you know in relation to size? In relation to size. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys just have more, really. Yes. 
which is crazy considering how much bigger we are. Yes. You know? So, so anyway, so that's our kind of overview of RP, um, this one specific British accent. And then we're going to talk a little bit about General American. So the General American accent? I don't know. You guys don't really... There's not like a... Who, who, who would you say has a good, as an example, has a General American accent? Because you, you do. Yeah, I do, except... But you have Southern Right, I have overtones. some Southern sounds because of growing up in the South... Um, so that, but generally my accent is general American. I'm trying to think of someone who's a star. Yeah. Someone, a um, recognizable public figure. I or... mean, Bar- Barack Obama didn't have any really regional sounds. His... Yeah, he was from Chicago. He had yeah. Chicago overtones. No, I guess some, but I never really noticed like if people with strong Chicago accents sound totally differently than he does. Yes. Um, so he, like Michelle Obama, I think what you could say she is a general American. I'm trying to think of people who you've, who've heard, you've heard speak a lot. A lot of movie stars in America, you know, because of a- actors, have a general American accent because they want to just sound Cause neutral. Because it appeals to overseas listeners right. as well as, you know, the general, um, the general I'm American public. i of a star who I could mention. But... You know, for British listeners, um, a general American accent is one that doesn't have any regional overtones. And when you when you're thinking of American accents that have regional overtones, they're they're you know like we do with British ones too. You might think of the most broad version, sort of with really like a strong, you know, a strong Southern accent um, or a, a strong New York accent. So you might sort of have what what I'm talking about. What we're talking about with general American is the kind of basic, hmm. no hmm. regional influences. Basically the way I speak except the the y'all vowel, like that A-W. That's my southern thing that I do, where I say saw, <laughs> which I really wish I didn't. But yeah, I saw that movie, and I don't even notice that I do that, but I, it has been pointed out to me many <laughs> and many a time. Um, so, so that's general American, and something that We'll t- well, I think we can talk about it now before we move on, is the intersection of General American and RP, which is a made-up accent that is the namesake of our podcast. So... How... how with, sorry to go back to General American. Uh, how... What would you say characterizes a General American accent? I think it's about... I guess it's mostly about diphthongs and vowels and how they're... Um, moderated rather than sort of explored Mm -hmm. Um, and it's about the R's which we're going to talk about in a second Mm -hmm. Um, and it's um, kind of a rhythmic thing too yeah that's what I found from because speaking a a strange quirk between British and American accents is the fact that um, British accents we have this very strange halting um, taking breaks in between what we're saying, so it sounds sounds very staccato in how we're talking. Whereas an American, um, you have a very you have a through line. Every every single line um, in sentences, the way um, the way it talks is a person uh, from America will talk in consistency, one long tone all the way through until the end of the full stop. Hmm. Whereas here in England, you know, we're like 
we're running over little hills and going up and down right. but and, and in a strange way. And something I think a lot of, like if an American actor is trying to do RP, a struggle is sometimes getting the sort of more bouncing rhythm. And an English person trying to do an American accent as well, they're trying to get the, is to follow through yeah, and, to have, work that and have, through a, line. have a consistent mm-hmm. line all the way through how you're talking. Right. Yeah. So rhythm definitely has to do with it. Mm. Um, and that's often, I think, you know, if you see somebody who's doing a really good accent, what you're not noticing, one of the reasons you think it's so good is they've actually really conquered the rhythm of the of mm. the accent, the mm. cadence, the cadence yeah. in which someone speaks. Mm. Um, and then, like I was saying, the, the accent that is the combination of General American and RP is this made-up accent, uh, which is the namesake of our podcast, which is transatlantic, sometimes called transatlantic or mid-Atlantic. Um, and so if you've ever seen a movie with Cary Grant or Catherine Hepburn, they are speaking this like or James Stewart. Yeah, this it's sort of the made up. He's my favorite. It's the made up accent of classic movies. Um, I think that's how I learned how to do an American accent is by because I was a big fan of you know watching Bringing Up Baby and mm-hmm. oh lord, what's the Cary Grant one where which it Sleepless in Seattle they they quote the film all the time. Mm, can't oh remember. no! Philadelphia oh, Story—that's the one I I've love. Been forgetting all the all the movies. <laughs> we'll think of them. Don't worry. Um, but so if you if you listen to somebody like Cary Grant or Catherine Hepburn or Jimmy Stewart in these old movies, you can hear elements both of General American and um, RP. And what it has to do mostly with is the softening of the R sound, which is called roticity. So a rhotic R. Uh, is an R like an American R that is hard and is in the word hard, heard, with the R sound, not hard like a pirate, but hard. You hear me say the word, the letter R, whereas Chris pronounces that word hard. Hard. So he... he More emphasis on the vowel sound, right. less emphasis on that. The, the R becomes what we call non-rhotic or soft. And so if you think about... Catherine Hepburn, or you know, she pronounced her own name, Catherine Hepburn. So she sort of took, she, the R isn't totally gone, but it's still quite soft. Um, and so that was the transatlantic accent, is this sort of made-up thing where they were trying to literally bridge the, the, the Atlantic and make an accent that sort of appealed both to American ears and British ears. And it's quite clear to me, the first time I ever heard you do an American, when you were when we were first dating and you got brave enough to try it in front of me, Mm. I remember I said to you, you sound like an old-timey reporter. (laughs) And so it was very clear to me that you had sort of listened to these transatlantic accents and kind of somehow put that into your mind. Trying to assimilate that into thinking what... How how you would do it. In the same way that with your your British, you go, it's always very upper class. It's very... super. super It's way too posh, yeah, because of all of the... You know, I watched all the... I loved all the things like Downton Abbey, like all of these things. Jane Austen, you know. Jane Austen, where everybody is doing these terribly posh accents. And so that's what I loved to do. And when I learned... I mean, it was actually a big problem for me to learn heightened RP because I love to do it and I would just do it too much. And you don't sound like a real a real person when you speak. You don't. You don't. You sound, um, we sound. You know, it's the same in transatlanticism. You don't really with transatlantic accents. Yeah. You don't really sound like a viable, feasible person because it's yeah. kind of like, oh, you're 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 a strange caricature that is leapt out right. from it's very, the movies. It's very performative. You're sort yes. of doing. I mean, that's that line from Brief Encounter. Not only I love you, but she said, "I'm terribly happy. I'm terribly happy." And she would turn the the ah vowel in happy to like eh happy. 
which is a very, very old school, like heightened RP thing to do. And I just love to say, terribly happy. Although I think um, in No Coward, <laughs> when people do No Coward plays, they always do it in heightened RP. And strangely then, I'm always very much... Oh, no, not No Coward. Yes, No Coward. Oh, Oscar Wilde. And Oscar Wilde, yeah. Those two plays, I watch them and I'm like, oh, this is completely believable. Although I don't know why that is. Well, because... Because that's what they were sort of writing for. They were writing about this particular class of people mm. and, and this, these kinds of people who could speak that way, and you you buy it. Mm. You know, she's a she's a rich, unhappy housewife in Brief Encounter who, you know, thinks she's fallen in love with this man at the train station, and so she doesn't have anything better to do, so of course she can talk this way, because why not, you know, so. Um, Harvey, that's <laughs> my favorite film with James Stewart in it. <laughs> That's good. I love the Philadelphia story. I'm obsessed with it. Um, okay, so um, so let's go back to sort of talking about go this back to the R thing, yeah. right? So this rhotic R versus a non-rhotic R. So most American accents, and general American, of course, they have this hard R. But there are examples in in some American accents where you don't have that. Could you give us an example? <laughs> sure. So, or several examples. Sure. So, some. I'm so excited about doing these accents. <laughs> so, some southern accents, some, um, especially sort of like an old school kind of gentrified southern accent. Maybe somebody from Georgia, for example, or Virginia, they would soften their R's. So they're not totally um, non-rhotic, but they're much more softened. Um, somebody might call you sugar. And you hear that that it doesn't say they don't say sugar they don't put the the full R sound it's kind of dropped off and becomes an open mouth R vowel sugar so that's an example that some southern accents have that you also have um, a Boston accent where the R vowel becomes crazy and I I. I need to do a lot of research. I would love to know why people in Boston started speaking the way they do. Maybe it has something to do with the cold. But, you know, the the big joke is park the car in the, in the car park uh, at Harvard Yard. But you have this, ah, uh, this really sort of flat sound where the R is kind of gone and um, taken away. Is and that, then, that, that, that's, how the, that's how the Kennedys used to talk. Yeah. Right? Yeah, JFK yeah. and Bobby Kennedy were both from, yeah, they were and from Massachusetts. Oh, um, what's the name of the mayor in The Simpsons who talks like that? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he talks like that, right? <laughs> Is that the one done by Adam West? No, 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 no. no. Oh. oh, what's his name? I'm, I'm forgetting everyone today. <laughs> That's Please okay. write in to remind me of all the things I have forgotten. Someone will definitely know the Simpsons one. Anyway, so um, the Boston accent is a good example of... Quimby. That's it. Mayor Joe Quimby. <laughs> Um, and then you have, um, you know, New Yorkers. If you've got a, a really particular New York accent, um, you might say New York. And so the R is, again, not totally gone. How would you say that state? Which one? The one I just said. What, New York? Right. So you can hear how it's kind of close almost to New York, the way I, I would be. I'm doing an impersonation, obviously, of a, of a New York accent. But you can hear how the, the softness of the R is close. It's not totally the same because the vowel sounds a little bit different. But you, you have these accents in America which are non almost non-rhotic. And then interestingly, there are accents here in the UK that are rhotic. Hmm. Can you tell us about some of those that have the hard R still in? in? Yes. So, um, in essence, the, the hard R has remained uh, the further out you get, of course, from the south of England. As from the home counties, talked. right. The further out you get from the home counties, the more um, the accent um, changes and develops. Uh, an example of something which still has a hard R is um, the West Country and Devonshire accent. 
which is very much it's that kind of farmer thing you know where they're very much like oh right oh very right you know um it's um a close approximation if you would like an example is um samwise Gamgee in uh, the lord of the rings who speaks or, with a devon accent or a really good one i think that people would know is um hagrid Oh yeah, or Harry, I shouldn't have told you that. You're a wizard, that kind Harry. Of thing. Yeah, you're you're a wizard, Harry. And he says wizard, he puts the R in he puts it. Puts the R in there, right. right? That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that <laughs> <laughs> we really love that accent in this in yeah, this so family. Good. We're always trying to do that one. Well, you're very good at it. I'm not, but um, it, yeah. it's a really fun accent. It's a very fun um, um, accent. The Devonshire. So that's an example. Where, where else is it rotate? Well, well, then in. Um, you, then you go across the sea and you go to um, the Republic of Ireland, Northern Ireland, where everyone, you know, is really putting it forward with the, forward with the whole thing, you know, that kind of thing. In Ireland, they really in Ireland the they R. really do. They push they push the R's quite quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And in Scotland, you still have the R. But that's the thing. See, in Scotland, because you can do a good Edinburgh accent, decent, yeah. If you can do an example of that. Um. Oh God. Um. Oh, I can find, find your hook. Oons, and that's all I can think of is that ridiculous character I played that oh, said use it, use it oons oons yeah. all the time. Um, if, um, if you're ever thinking of trying to do an accent, the, the best thing that um, we were recommended by accent coaches is to find a hook, mm-hmm. and which can be a key phrase or um, or a character that you know from um, some form of media, which can help you get into the accent. And if you recite that. Um, over and over again, it can help you be like a little foothold to get back into that accent. I can't think of my hook for Edinburgh, but all I can think of now is that line from Professor McGonagall in Harry Potter where she's like, today we are going to turn animals into water goblets. Yeah, so that, so there we go. That's a soft... Water goblets. That's a soft R um, coming through. Whereas yeah. Glasgow, you know, it's all quite far Glasgow back there. Bella Connolly. Bella Connolly and all that. <laughs> you know, they, they really do put mm. their... There are quite forward. Mm-hmm. They have them definitely. I'm so sorry, Scotland. I can't do Scottish very well. We've got to get um. We've got two friends. Well, we've got a Glasgow friend and an Edinburgh friend. We've got to get them to do a dual recording. We can play oh, because yeah. uh, that would be great. So you can hear the differences. But yeah, so you still have uh, some accents. Are there any others in England, in the north of England, or anything where they have the R? Not really. No, Yorkshire, Northern, Northern is, all, is soft. all soft. Yeah. Um, Birmingham's all soft. Birmingham. Yeah. Hold on, no, I need to do proper. I look to like Birmingham. Yeah, that's all soft as well. Yeah. Um, Norwich. Does, what, what, does Norwich? Does what Norwich have that line that, that on um, the southeast? Do they have their accent? I think they maybe no. They have a they have a soft R as soft well. Of the Norwich is like in, Norwich sounds a bit like um, West Country, but it's not. That's um, if you want to think of something for that kind of southeastern. Think of um, hot fuzz. Mm. That's good. Mm. I was just thinking of that because we saw you did Romeo and Juliet in Birmingham accents in in um when we were when you were in drama school mm-hmm. and i was just i always say that line that our friend who played romeo said what is it um and that ends with and juliet is the sun <laughs> oh tis the east and juliet is the sun juliet is the sun that's so fun to say in a birmingham <laughs> accent <laughs> the, I, my hook from that is um i look to like if looking liking i can't remember that line juliet's line mm. robin did yeah i remember yeah um so yeah so those few there are those few examples but 
Um, Welsh. Do the Welsh have a... They do. Uh, no, it's they soft. Don't. They have it's a soft, soft R as well. But it's not as soft as... Um, it, it's it's sort of on the verge. Mm. Um, I cannot do a Welsh accent. I will I. not try because um, I love the Welsh accent. It's wonderful. It's so good. We should. I'll get my friend... My friend to do a recording of himself as mm. well because he mm. sound, he has like the best Welsh accent. So yeah, so you have these examples, and it's interesting because I think a lot of people think the the main difference, quote unquote, between the two accents, general American and RP, or 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 English accents versus American accents, are is this R thing, um, when really there are examples of as we've just seen in both countries where the R is kind of the other countries are hmm. are pirates I just keep saying are so I'm thinking of pirates um. <laughs> and that that accent um, the common pirate thing oh, yeah. stems from um, the west country right just because it was an accent choice made by who oh, was it that actor who that. was in yeah. who was Long John Silver in the 1950s or 60s production film of Treasure Island mm-hmm and he did like a West Country approximation. And then people were like, oh, that's how pirates talk. And people were like, that's how pirates talk. And everyone, Devon was like, no, it's not like that. <laughs> um, yeah, and you can definitely hear that in Pirates of the Caribbean. There's, there's Those accents are all over the shop. <laughs> um, they're just guessing, really. So what I was thinking about, um, just to sort of discuss, is the natural inclination people have from either country when they're, say, when they're asked, hey, do... Do a try to do a this accent. Mm. So for Americans, we've noticed when you say to an American, "Hey, do a British. Try your best at a British accent." They are leaning very much very into heavily. It's very strange, like because, a Cockney and Essex yeah. accent, which is of course Essex is, is very much like this. It's like a little bit like it's like Cockney, but not quite. You know, it's a little bit like quite static and things that right. kind of thing. And then of course you have Cockney, which is like you know, mate. All that kind of, oh, I love Cockney. The problem is that you have to swear with Cockney, and I won't swear on here because well, and the, be too and much. the and and the unfortunate thing is that a lot of people think Cockney sounds like Dick Van Dyke from Mary Poppins, but he's not. He's doing a terrible Cockney accent. I'm not sure what accent he's. I've not read anything about what what he was. He was trying to do Cockney, but then ends up somewhere in Australia, and <laughs> then comes back to Cockney, and then goes goes somewhere chim, else. Chimney, chim, chimney, chim, chim, chero. Sweepies as lucky as lucky can do. <laughs> You're like interesting what? that you know that song, and yet you have never seen Mary Poppins. I cannot believe you just outed me on this podcast. Okay, everyone, it's right. He's right. I've never seen Mary Poppins. I know. I will watch it. Just don't send us hate mail. But I do know that song because I used to have a Disney's Greatest album, and that was on there. I did, <laughs> I too. To it. Was it a tape? No, it was the CD. Oh, I had a tape. I had a tape, which was like the great, greatest <laughs> hits of um, Disney. So I don't know why that is, that, that Americans always sort of try, that that's the one they try. I mean, maybe now that would be different. Maybe now more people would try to, like, sound like the Queen because of the crown and how popular it is. Mm. But Or because of the new Mary Poppins movie where you have um, Rachel... Rachel? Blunt? What's her name? Emily. Emily Blunt doing 
a very good RP. Mm. So maybe people might try more to sound like that. But that's just a really interesting thing we've noticed. I always think of that ridiculous line from the movie Forgetting Sarah Marshall, where Paul Rudd's character is like, yes, I like y'all from London. And he's making fun of Russell Brand, who, of course, is actually English. Um, and then the, the flip side of that... The flip side of that is English people um, either thinking that Americans all sound like cowboys, which is like, hey, you know that kind of Texan thing, all that... Like Yosemite, Yosemite. How can you, I don't even know how to do Yosemite Sam's accent. That's a Looney Tunes uh, throw out for anyone who knows what or still remembers what Looney Tunes is. Um, or, or, you, or you know, or oh my god, it's so like. Yeah. Oh no, no. Most oh recently, god. anybody who I've asked to try an American accent, they sort of do this like Kardashian thing, Ugh. where they're trying to sound like from California and they do that thing where they put the question they put in the every question word the every line. and of and course like, oh my god <laughs> of course there are there are or Americans every, or who speak everyone that way. talks like a gangster and goes you know you are no one's trying to be like paper you know mm. or, that, was that nosy's papes that was yeah the paper you know? I'm gonna deliver these papes hey <laughs> that'll be 50 cents mister <laughs> Or they go very south, right? They go like, very south because they go. I think I think but, people go to Forrest Gump because mm-hmm. they're like run, Forrest, run, and then they're already in Virginia. But I do think that for for British actors, you know, or, or just British people in general who are trying to do American accents, that Southern accent seems like an easy route because mm. of what we were just talking about with the R's. You know, it is not hard for you to say Virginia in that kind of way. Yeah. Because it's not very different from because the way you say different. Virginia. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's always something really interesting, I think, about. The other thing that happens when when Brits do Americans is they make their voice very nasally. Yes, we've noticed this um, since going to the theatre several times, that for some reason, British actors who, who are on stage performing in American roles have a strange tendency to put everything up here and have a lot of twang and nasal twang and it's like and i mean americans do have much more twang than you yes. guys do but i don't i think sometimes it's maybe it's people's foothold into it and it's not necessarily the best way to go about it because yeah. we don't all sound like we're on big bang theory you know yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so that is just something we've noticed there's a lot of a lot of them um, American plays in the West End right now, and none of them have American people in them. They all have British people doing American accents, so it's something I notice a lot. And it's interesting to see the the, the struggles that Brits have when they're trying to do an American accent. Similarly, of course, to the way Americans struggle trying to do British, there's always particular sounds that are a struggle each direction. Something that you may not ever have thought of, but Americans have really mushy S's, what we call them in the voice world, a mushy S. So an example mm, your is... Your S has become... Shh. Our, S, our S sound often becomes an SH sound in, in words um, where it could. So the, the best example that I've been thinking of is Christian. Oh, I've got, I've got another one, but go with Christian. So Christian, that's how I would say it. And you hear that that second syllable actually sounds like it almost begins with a CH, Christian. Whereas here, a lot of Brits might say Christian. They might keep that really clean s-t-i-a-n christian sound and i saw a play where they were talking about 
Christianity and they were calling it Christianity. And I was like, there are not a lot of Americans, I think, who would say that. Um, so that really sort of stuck out to me. Mushy S's are one. Brits have cleaner S's, usually, generally, or RP generally. does. We're RP becoming, has clean R- R- S's. RP does, yeah. Right. Not not regional accents, but not RP does. Accents, yeah. What's the one you were thinking of? Um, spell, uh, uh, pronounce the word I-S-S-U-E. Oh. Well, this is a mushy ass as well, right. Issue. And and in RP, that would be issue. Issue. However, right. a lot of English people um, today will say issue. You know, that's They've a big taken issue. the American. They've taken the American. Right. And of course, the interesting thing is there's a lot of American influences now in the way British people speak because of the way I think because of TV because of media well it's historical social cultural things isn't it I mean America's America has emerged as a leading world power you know England for all it thinks it is is not right and so we take a lot of our inspiration and we watch a lot of American produced content. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, those, the American accent is quite prevalent. Yeah. And, it, and I think, you know, sometimes, especially young British people might be taking their cues from American TV. So mm. they might be even unconsciously adopting Americanisms into the way they speak. And I do think this mushy S thing is a really good example. Mm. Probably 30 years ago, a Brit would never have said issue. They would have an RP Brit would have always said issue, but now it is becoming more sort of acceptable Depend, in contemporary yeah, society. Yeah. Nobody would judge you now for saying issue, right? Yeah, no, no well, no, 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 no at all, right? Unless they were, <laughs> but and if they did, they'd be called a snob, right? Well, and that's the other thing too is that the way RP is so tied to class, and and you know, we talk. I, I think we talked about this on the other episode that sometimes people get you know people who don't have RP accents find it really easy to make fun of people who say bath and things because they you know it's it seems tied to class yeah, and it's like exactly. sort of you know posh has become kind of a dirty word mm, it has. you don't want to be posh so you don't want to be the man who's talking like that you yes. know you don't want to be the man at the party being like oh yes we were off on the yacht when we were out in you know Tenerife. Yes, I've, I've constantly discussed these issues i've with constantly you. <laughs> discussed these issues with you right I, 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 yeah prime minister i i brought you in the other day to talk about <laughs> right. these issues so yeah so you can see how and and what we didn't mention which i meant to back and back so i'll say it now is i do think you have some of those similarities in america which is sometimes people I think mostly it affects the Southern accent, but I think it can happen with Midwestern accents as well and with some Northeastern ones. Sometimes yeah, like people Minnesota don't... Minnesota accent. Right. I, I Sometimes... remember a friend of ours talking about when pe- people from her hometown would go out and they'd be like, oh, you're, you're, like, uh, you're, like, you're like a farmer, which would be us right. if a West Country person came down and everyone would be like, oh, you're like a farmer. Right. So there's this there's this thing that happens, too, where I think sometimes people in America with regionalized accents work to make their to neutralize some of their accent, you know, because there is this sort of stigma attached to talking like this. Like sometimes you might be taken you might not be taken very seriously if you talk as as you know, in this sort of way. And equally, I think, you know, that Midwestern accent, it's like, oh, Bobby, don't you know, there's, you know, people make judgments about you. And mm. so you have people you have people trying to neutralize that out of their voice and I, I mean I'm a very good example I worked really hard I wasn't obviously 100% successful but I grew up in the south and my parents have Philadelphia accents my dad has especially still a, quite a strong yes. Philadelphia accent yes. and I didn't want to I sort of knew very young I'm not sure how I knew but I didn't I knew I didn't want to sound like that when, and I didn't want to sound like a southerner so I worked hard to try to make my accent as neutral as general American as possible. Mm. Whereas I, I just 
bumbled along and didn't really think I talked any different until I got to drama school and everyone was like, oh yes, your accent's very... You're, you have like a really base, neutral accent. And I was like, oh. And I find now that I find myself when I'm with people who have specific accents that I, I can sometimes be affected by how they how mm-hmm. they talk. Well, that's true of me. You notice always when I FaceTime my parents, I start to talk a little bit like a Philadelphian. Mm. The sounds sort of begin to come out mm. because I'm unconsciously sort of parroting my dad and my mom. And, it, you know, the, most a lot of people are like that, where you start to sort of pick up somebody else's cadence. But the, the really interesting thing I... I'm kind of excited about for our life together. And we've already sort of experienced We've it, already started experiencing it, you've yes. begun to take on some American things. Mm, like y'all. I say y'all all the time. Right, well, y'all is just very useful. Y'all Everyone, is useful. Y'all is a good word. Come and listen to me preach the gospel of y'all. It is <laughs> the most useful word. It's one syllable versus the two of you guys. And it's not. It's gender neutral. I mean, get on the y'all train. And then I have picked up some... The thing I have most picked up that I didn't really realize until I went back to the States is I have picked up the British rhythm of mm, speaking. You have. You really have. Yeah. Um, and that was very unconscious. But obviously, just listening to people and sort of trying to fall into conversation, I've done that. Big shout out and thank you to my friend Anna, who pointed it out to me when I moved back to the States. And then, of course, I've, I've picked up a little bit of the schwa sound. Mm, um, that's softening. That... Well, I... And I have... It's noticeable in the way that I say England. Mm. which is England. England. I put that schwa, put the schwa in the which is the neutral vowel that English people use that Americans don't. And I didn't really, I didn't totally realize I started to say that until I got back to the States and people were like, what are you doing here? Who are you? You know, and I was meeting new people and I said, oh, my fiance, he's in England. And they were like, oh, he's in England, is he? And they were sort of making fun of me for having this <laughs> um, unintentionally, there you go, posh way of saying the name of the country that we live in. So, well, great. This was really fun. Um, do we want to do a bit of the experiment we talked about? Oh, gosh, yeah, I think we should before we finish up. Oh, God. Because I know everybody wants it to happen. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of... Um, Chris is going to do some American, and I'm going to do some English. Do you want to have something you like could say that you know. have from I'm a memory? I'm trying to think of a hook. Or like from a, memory? No, like, a, like recite something so you're not just speaking. I think we could just speak oh, you and just see want to how speak. we go. Okay. Yeah. yeah, all right. I don't, to, I don't want to bore the listeners with some kind of long. Well, I was just basically going to go into Shakespeare, so no oh, big deal. Oh. <laughs> no, that's awful and pretentious. Um, all right, so okay, so that's okay. Tr- now I think is, is this kind of is this right? Can you look at me and tell me if I'm doing it right? Okay, 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 right. Here it's we go. There. It's it's getting there. Yeah. Oh, God, no, I, 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 it fell down there. Um, Why don't we do the sign-off from the podcast and I'll do it in British and you do it in American? Okay, that sounds like a good idea, yeah. So thank you so much for listening to thank you very much. Transatlanticism. Thank you. We are terrifically glad you were here. You're very glad, very glad indeed, yeah. Thank you for listening. We hope that you'll share this podcast with any of your friends. Remember to like, share and subscribe. Yes, like, share, and subscribe. Please, 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 please. And um, tweet it out if you can, and Instagram it if you want to. And send us, if you'd like, an email. We have an address. It is transatlanticismpod at gmail.com. And that- uh, next week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, traveling in the various countries and how that's done and how uh, we all feel 
uh, about traveling and the differences between England and the USA. Yes, we'll touch on the classic American road trip, mm. which is not a thing in this country. Not a thing at all. Traveling distances are just... We'll just talk about all kinds of things. We, we'll talk about signage, which doesn't sound interesting, but I promise we'll be. And um, so we're delighted you're here, and we hope that you'll share this uh, far and wide. Share it far and wide. Just keep going, pushing it out there and, and doing as much as you can, because we love you all dearly. Have an absolutely lovely day. Have a, have a cracker day. Cheerio. No one would say cracker day. No one would say cracker day. What's a cracker day? Okay, bye, y'all. <laughs> Bye, y'all.